Hello, fellow visionaries. The Big Book Study recording for Wednesday, July 1st will begin in just a few moments. But first, I want to personally invite you to come and join about 400 of your closest friends for the first ever Big Book Convention hosted by A Vision for You. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, October 30th, 31st, and November 1st, a Vision for You will be rolling out the red carpet for the best epic big book convention ever for compulsive overeaters. The power of the big book, a weekend of inspiration, education, and motivation. Perhaps you have already heard about this mega event. Perhaps you have already heard that it's going to be held at Virginia Beach, Virginia Wyndham Hotel and Convention Center. Perhaps some of you have already registered but you could have never known that a vision for you is blasting out recovery 3D style like nothing you have ever seen or heard of before. Wait, did I say 3D? Let me do this event justice and call it what it is. A vision for you will be cranking out recovery through the steps in 4D because we compulsive overeaters cannot and do not do anything small scale. You thought the daily big book study blows you away? I implore you. Do not miss what you will be experiencing through all of your senses here at this weekend event. Speakers, entertainment, and fellowship, it promises to be electric. Enrich your recovery, jumpstart your recovery, get abstinent, whatever your flavor. Follow the laughter and join us. Further details and registration for this life-changing convention weekend can be found on our website at avisionforyou.info. There has never, ever been anything like it. Print out this convention's fire and spread the word. Thank you, Melanie. Good morning. Wow. And welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Wednesday, July 1st. And today we are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and the chapter Working with Others. And we are at page 95 at the very first paragraph at the top that says, unless you're a friend. Today's readers are Chelsea H., Chrissy M., Rachel N. M. The reference for the Tuesday um, vision for you, June 30th, is 7785. Again, it is 7785. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contribution, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Ellen B. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Ellen. This is uh, Ellen B. Um, 
compulsive overeater from Maryland. The 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Number two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Ellen. I will now ask for Diane G. to read the 12 traditions, please. Go ahead, Diane. Good morning, everyone. This is Diane G. from New Hampshire, recovered, not cured, compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. <clears throat> Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Amy, and I pass. Thank you, Diane. How our meeting works. 
Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There are no abstinence requirements for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we will resume our study in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter Working with Others on page 95, the first paragraph at the top of the page that starts with the word unless. And I'm going to ask Chelsea H. to please go ahead and read that paragraph. Thank you. Go ahead, Chelsea. Thank you, Amy. Thanks for your service. This is Chelsea H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater for today. Unless your friend wants to talk further about himself, <clears throat> excuse me, do not wear out your welcome. Give him a chance to think it over. If you do stay, let him steer the conversation in any direction he likes. Sometimes a new man is anxious to proceed at once, and you may be tempted to let him do so. This is sometimes a mistake. If he has trouble later, he is likely to say you rushed him. You will be most successful with alcoholics if you do not exhibit any passion for crusade or reform. Never talk down to an alcoholic from any moral or spiritual hilltop. Simply lay out the kit of spiritual tools for his inspection. Show him how they worked for you. Offer him friendship and fellowship. Tell him that if he wants to get well, you will do anything to help. And this is quite a bit here in this paragraph. I'm still Chelsea. Really grateful to be on the line this morning. I've been um, living life and dealing with life as it comes instead of trying to dictate how it should be dealt with. And this information here, the directions are really clear for me here that, first of all, unless the person wants me to go further, I need to go and leave them alone. Give them a minute to think about it. I don't need to bombard them or bum rush them into trying to do this program. I don't have to get in there and start dictating that somebody should be doing something or be preachy. This is another thing for me that says I don't have to evangelize. I don't need to do all of that because the God of my understanding, my divine director, is doing the work, not me. I'm not able to do any of this stuff without help. And part of the um, thing that I have been experiencing is that I am not invested in people's recovery, and I need to keep that in the forefront when I'm working with others or when I meet a prospect or somebody who's been a long-timer, because most of the people that I run into have been around these rooms like myself for decades, not being um, even aware or awake that there is a, a solution, never mind practicing it or anything. And it tells me here that... Sometimes if I um, try to force somebody to rush and do this thing, that when it doesn't work out for them or whatever their uh, situation is, they'll end up blaming me. All I'm supposed to do is present these 12 steps. That's the toolkit. That's the spiritual toolkit are the steps. 
and tell them, show them, it says, show them how it worked for me. And my behavior will reflect that more than anything, any words that I can say. My behavior of love and tolerance, which is my code, will shine through rather than me trying to uh, dictate pages and citing references in the big book, going into the God uh, portion, the spirituality portion, before the person has even even identified that they're a compulsive overeater. But now that I actually have an authentic relationship with Didi, my divine director, and I'm living under integrity a day at a time, I don't always um, meet that goal, but I do try to live with integrity now. I'm willing to let people be and do what they need to do and understand that they have a power of theirs. They have a higher power. I'm not it. I am here simply to say that there's a way out. There's a way for you to stop digging in boxes and bags and pulling in drive throughs and basically numbing yourself out to life, living in the land of oblivion. You don't have to do that anymore, and I'm proof of it because it worked for me. It happened to me. It was done to me, and it could be done for you too, and provided that you do a few certain things. And this book will point it out to you. Take this book and read it, and if you're still interested, get back to me. And really, I just am so grateful very grateful that it tells me here that I am not in charge and I'm not to be enabling people. Rather, I am there to be helpful, and that's it. I don't have any other skills. I have this, this book, this chip of a book, and with this, I can point you to your direction of, that you need to get the way out. You'll walk the path your house, yourself. You'll have your own experience, and then you go help somebody else get out. How did they escape? That's what Bill said when Ebby came to him. How had he escaped? And this is the way out, these 12 steps. Thanks for letting me share, and I pass. This is Mary Ellen. Can I share? Thank, thank oh, you, Chelsea please. H. Okay, well, there were people are diving in here. So who else would like to share? I've got Mary Ellen. Larry. I've got Charles. Nessie. Sally. Charles H. Nessie. Okay, just a sec. Larry K. Nessa. Nessa, what's your last initial, please? Nessa, your last initial. Oh, well. We've got Mary Ellen, Charles H., Larry K., Nessa. Anybody else? Sally. Sally. Vasa O. And Vasa O. Let's go with that. Okay? So we've got Mary Ellen, Charles H., Larry K., Nessa, Sally, Vasa O. So, Mary Ellen, take it away. Thank you. Um, yeah, I really, I, I'm relating to this paragraph um, on the receiving end. Um, back in 1994, I, um, I walked into an OA meeting, and um, it was terrifying. Uh, I heard things I'd never heard before, um, and immediately following the meeting, I was approached by someone who totally overwhelmed me um, with information about what I needed to do, what I needed to do to get better. She was talking, you know, sponsors, God. And um, at this time, my disease was in the very early stages. Um, I didn't even know I was sick. <laughs> I just wanted to drop a few pounds. Um, so I ran. I ran. And um, had she shared her experience and not made it about me, um, I'm, I may not have been so uh, quick to go for the door. Um, and with that said, it, it took me 30 years to come back um, into the room, you know, in full-blown disease. Uh, so having had that experience and relating to this now, um, you know, firsthand, 
And having the big book as a guide, um, I I re- I know I I and I understand how important it is to um, you know share of my experience um, if someone's interested and um, to just you know actually use this paragraph as a guide. So thank you, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Mary Ellen Charles H. Go ahead, please. Good morning, visionaries. Charles here to Republican visionaries. I'm on the bus, but I was convicted early, right? Um, so I want to make it quick and sharp. I want to thank God for uh, a daily reprieve, a suspension of this death sentence. You know, um, a sponsor called me yesterday. I was working with, and he was like, you know what? Uh, um, I said I'm gonna give away a break. I said okay. I was quite kind of shocked, but I identify in that it, you know it's a lot of work. But uh, I didn't, you know what, it, it's all good to see this planet. I said, you know, when you're ready, come on back, man. I'm just grateful for my, 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 my suspension of my death sentence. But without a way, um, you know, I'm on my way down there. Even though I know I'm on my way down there anyway, but I'm not really indulging in it quicker. So I'm grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Charles. Larry, okay, go ahead, please. Oh, thanks. Uh, boy, Amy and Katie sound a lot alike, so I think this is Amy D. But yep. uh, thank you, Amy, for your service. Um, Larry K., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. So, you know, the, the thing is, again, we're we're in this chapter called Working with Others, and, you know, it was written a long time ago, you know, and uh, it was written, this text, I always want to remember that this text was written out of, precise experience, you know, of these early, early folks, you know, the first 100, uh, Bill did most of the writing. Um, But, you know, the moment, I I guess the thing for me is the moment that I think that I need to rewrite this or I need to, uh, I just need to tighten up the instructions because after all, first, I'm very important. And number two, I mean, they couldn't be any smarter than me, so let me recreate this kind of stuff. And obviously I'm being facetious, but, you know, the thing is, I I really, really read this today. I can't read it enough. I never get bored of it anymore. You know, working with others and learning about the practical program of action used to be drudgery for me because I couldn't get out of the food and the disease was kicking my butt up and down, up and down, and the and the noose around my neck was tightening. So, of course, it was drudgery. And, you know, I've heard uh, Leah and others talk about program is not so much anything that they do anymore. It's really more who they are. And that's, I can understand that now. I, I didn't understand that before, but I can understand it now. So these instructions here are, are basically, among other things, they're telling us, you know, um, we, we, yes, we, we've been restored to sanity. Yes, we're, we're here to carry this message. And are we passionate about it? You bet. You hear it on the line every morning. But never am I going to, you know, am, am I going to take the passion that burns within me every day to the point of, uh, trying to recruit, if you will, uh, you know, beat someone over the head with uh, this thing that's worked for me, so it will work for you. Maybe I know that, but 
but that I'm going to have to bash them over the head with it and stuff it down their throat faster than their Doritos and food can get stuffed down their throat. Because that, you know why I don't do that today? Because that's, that's more about me than about them. And, you know, I've heard it said before, not in the big book, but, you know, people don't care how much I know until they know how much I care. And sometimes, for me, caring is backing off. And that's a tough thing to do. Because when I see someone, you know, that's come to the rooms and I see they're dying. I mean, I I can see, you know, the physical doesn't lie. You know, they're dying. You know, that might be a representation of their emotional and spiritual state. No doubt it was for me. But I see that they could be days away from death. And this could save their lives. And I so much want them to have this thing, but I could never want it more for them than they need to want it for themselves. So sometimes I've got to just share what happened to me and let it go at that. You know, because God is, the God of my understanding is in charge. I'm not in charge. I'm just a, wrapping up, I'll tell you, I'm just a knucklehead that got here. I mean, a real knucklehead that got here. Uh, and and I had my life saved. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Nessa R., go ahead, please. Hi, good morning. This is Nessa R., uh, recovered compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada, still calling from Florida. Um, I just wanted to comment on the fact that this paragraph um, pre- uh, follows the, the, the uh, other paragraphs talking about um, what I used to be like. I cannot present to a new prospect, a newcomer, the, uh, the solution until um, they have recognized the problem. And so, you know, in the, in the previous paragraph, we talked about how um, I, need to, um, I need to tell them about my experience, what I was like, when I was in the food, all the things that I did with food uh, so that they could identify in, so that they could say, yeah, you know, this person understands me, this person understands what it's like to be in my shoes. Um, Not only am I not unique in what I do with food and how I feel about food, but I'm not alone. Only after that has happened, then I can present the solution in a way that might be... um, acceptable to them but even then I still need to focus on myself not you should do this and you should do that but rather this is what I did and this is how it worked for me Um, and the focus there has to be on the steps like I I I was um, baffled for a long time you know I was in the rooms for nine years before I found recovery and pretty much every meeting that I went to read the steps Yet, and, and some of the meetings I went to even read from the big book. But when it came time to share um, experience, strength, and hope, and when it came time to actually do something, the focus was on the tools. And I found that baffling. Like, you know, like, am I going to uh, be working the steps just by working the tools? And I didn't know any better. So I did what I, what I was told, and I focused on the tools. And you know, when we read on the big book, instead of focusing on what was read, I just talked about my life. And, uh, you know, I wasn't getting anywhere. So um, it says clearly here, number one, you tell them 
uh, I tell them what I was like when I was in the food and the things I did. And then once they become receptive to the fact that there is a solution to their now recognized problem, then the next thing I, 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 I tell them about is the steps, nothing else, um, and uh, how they worked for me. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa. Sally, you're up. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, Envision for you. It's Sally A. in South Jersey, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. So this paragraph is really very precious to me because it gives us even clearer direction on how the conversation should begin. You know, they, they're basically honing in on what that conversation should look like. And, in fact, they're starting out the paragraph by telling us, unless your friend wants to talk further about himself, not about you or what, what's happened to you or, you know, what you know, great thing that's happened to you, unless he wants to talk more about himself, do not wear out your welcome. So they're telling us, go home. Unless he wants to talk more about himself, go home. You know, I find this paragraph so interesting because it goes on to say, give him a chance to think it over. And if you do stay, let him steer the conversation. Holy mackerel, let him steer the conversation? This has never been my approach, for sure. When I read these words, it's like I'm stumped. Let him steer the conversation. Anybody who called me in the early years of my recovery, like, you know, two years ago, one year ago even, I was like a five-star general. I couldn't wait to say, okay, stop, be quiet, listen to me so you can get well. I was literally like a five-star general. I did not let them steer any conversation. I was just thinking, let's not waste my time. Let's get to the point. Let's get to what are your marching orders. That is how I spoke. And let me take this opportunity to apologize to anyone who got got the early years of Sally, because I'm sure it wasn't comfortable. But what I see here is such a humility infused in this paragraph. Sometimes a new man is anxious to proceed at once. But what Bill is telling us, you will be most successful with alcoholics if you do not exhibit any passion. Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding? You want me not to have any passion? That's tough passion for crusade or reform. Gee whiz, I was full of it and still have a lot of passion. But what I'm, I'm mindful of is, you know, these principles, these 12 principles. And one of the principles, the middle one, step seven's principle is the principle of humility. It tells us on page 70 in the 12 and 12 that the attainment of greater humility is the foundation principle of each of AA's 12 steps. And you can see, you know, you can think about humility in in the first step and the second step. All of these um, steps have a foundation stone of humility. When you finally get to the, the foundation for service, it's interesting to think that humility, again, is that foundation stone. Humility in the Big Book Dictionary means the absence of self pride, self will, and self assertion. So if we approach these newcomers with a modicum of humility, we wouldn't be, I wouldn't be so quick to passionately push my, assert my perspectives on them. I would be more open to listening to what's happening and perhaps maybe just get them started. And that's what I have to share. Thanks for letting me share this morning that I passed. Thank you so much, Sally. Rasa, oh, please go ahead. Thank you, Amy, and good morning, everyone. 
I'm Vasa O Recover Compulsive O Overeater calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. This is a beautiful paragraph. You know, I just love going through the big book, you know, every time. I just need to be reminded what I need to do, you know. I am a forgetter. That's why I get up reading, read it over and over again, over and over. But again, I thank God for putting the person that introduced me to the big book years ago. She shared her own her, her own experience with me and the solution. I was so overwhelmed. Of course, she did it for about a week before she brought me to the first meeting. And um, I remember saying, oh, my God, how am I going to do all this? You know, what she was telling me, you know, like she shared what we do, how they did. But she said, we do this only one day at a time. You know, she says, easy does it. The slogans, turn it over one day at a time. So, you know, I really enjoyed the slogans. And, um, and, and God is in charge. She always said, you know, this is going to be between you and God, and God is in charge. I'm not in charge of your recovery. And I needed to take responsibilities for my own recovery. And so whatever she said, you know, was really good, good things. And, again, at the beginning I was very excited. I, and I'm still excited about the program, you know. And I wanted every, I wanted to give it to everybody. But as you know, as I was getting a little bit long into the program, I learned just to listen and say very little. And you know, I invite people if they if they want to. I just say, hey, won't you come to a meeting? I'll be happy to take you there, and you can see it. You can and you can hear it for yourself. And I, it, it was very helpful when I get a newcomer's kid. You know. I went home, and I read everything what's said in there, you know, and the questionnaires, are you a compulsive overeater? For the first time in my lifetime, I scored A, you know, and I was not a good student, you know, and I remember saying I was proud of myself in many ways, but that was the truth, you know, and uh, so this is what I do. I don't overwhelm people, and I, it's up to them. If they want it, it's there. If they don't, you know, come back another time. So I'm just so grateful. This is my program. And, yes, I would help. It says offer him friendship and fellowship. Tell him that if he wants to get well, you will do anything to help. And, and I, that's what I do. You know, that's what my sponsor said, and that's what I did. And um, if, they, if they want it, I was so desperate. I, w- I had to give the desperation. I wanted it, and I got it, and I still, I'm still getting it as I go along. I'll never be done. I'm still learning and growing as I go along with all of you. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. I'd like to invite anyone else who'd like to share on this particular paragraph and what was read. Melissa C. Thank you. I'm sorry, that first name I did not get. Who was that, please? Renata. Oh, Renata C. Melissa C. And Melissa C. Sarah W. Sarah W. Mary B. And Mary. Mary B. And Paula C. 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 Paula C. D. (laughs) D. As in David. There you go. Thank you. All right, that sounds like a great lineup. Let's start with. Well, we've got Renata, Melissa, Sarah, Mary, and Paula. So let's go ahead with Renata, please. 
Thank you, Amy. Good morning, everyone. This is Renata G., Recovered Compulsive Reader in New York. Give him a chance to think it over. You know, I know this was very hard for me when I started sponsoring or talking to newcomers. You know, I because I was so overwhelmed that, you know, with gratitude that I finally have a solution in my life, I wanted to share it with everybody and I wanted people to understand it no matter what, you know, because I wanted to play God and prevent people from spending years in a room like I did not working the set. So I almost like wanted to shake them and make them understand that, you know, this is the way, that's this is what you need to do. And I'm sure I have scared some people away, you know, unfortunately. But, you know, this paragraph is very clear, you know. It it says, you know, like by this point, I have shared my experience with, you know, the newcomer. We've talked about their experience with the food. And, you know, I I have talked about spirituality. And, you know, I, I, I... you know, I tell them about how everything else failed until I tried this 12 step, you know. And like it says here, simply lay out the kit of spiritual tools for his inspection. But, you know, it also says that we do that with, you know, offering friendship and fellowship. And these things I can only offer, you know, by the grace of God because my natural default, like I said, is to do it my way, to make you understand no matter what. And so, you know, when I talk to people, I make it very clear for them that when, you know, when they're ready, when they want to get well, I'm here and I'll be available and I'll do anything to help. And sometimes, you know, I can just plant a seed and it takes time for that seed to take root in someone's life And um, there are people that, you know, I try to get, you know, uh, started or help them identify their trigger foods and and they're not ready to let it go yet. But then after, you know, a few weeks or a few months, they'll call back. You know, if I have this attitude of, you know, friendship and fellowship, but if I'm preachy and, you know, like others have said, like have this general attitude, uh, you know, chances are that people are not going to call back even, you know, after months. So that's all I want to share. Thanks for that. Thank you, Renata. Melissa C., please go ahead. Hi, good morning. This is Melissa C., a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And um, do not wear out my welcome. Um, I'm at times, I'm so excited about my recovery. Um, and I'm also I'm so excited about a vision for you that I want to go on and on about what I did. And, you know, and I noticed it at my face-to-face meetings because I feel like um, that, although it was very helpful for me, it kind of let me linger in my disease with a lot of love and support there. Um, but it didn't give me what I really got here. And so I feel very passionate to tell people um, about what I did. And that includes, you know, listening in on, on this line and reading the big book and how I've recovered. And when someone shows interest and need, I want to grab them and, and throw them into it. Um, you know, I, 
want to give them all the numbers and all the times to call, and I can do that, but I can't put their finger on the dial. Um, but our program entails a lot of work and um, a lot of change, and this is daunting for a newcomer and even for an old-timer to really embrace all the change. Um, people who have been in LA for years and who seem to like, seem like they're ready, they still may need time to fully digest the idea that we need to let go absolutely and take drastic action. And I need not be a crusader. Um, don't preach from the mountaintop. Allow them to steer the conversation. I offer friendship and fellowship and tell them if they want to get well, I'll do anything to help, um, including, you know, sharing the information that I have. And then I need to leave them alone. I need to let the disease do the convincing um, and my passion and enthusiasm, enthusiasm at times, it needs to be tempered. I've always been highly excited, and I did everything with a heavy hand, um, including my overeating. And, and I'm not making a commission on this, so I can't oversell it, um, because I've had my own history of overdoing things and then teetering out in my follow-through. And, um, you know, I'm abstinent, and I'm working my program completely and thoroughly, and um, my passionate nature still exists, um, but I'm not in sales, like I said, and um, and I don't make money off of the number of people I bring from suffering to recovery. I'm just um, carrying the message, sharing it, and then giving support and love, and I continue to let the disease do the convincing, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa C., and thank you for everyone staying right within that three-minute time. That's great. You get a lot of shares in. Okay, Sarah W., please go ahead. Good morning, Amy. Thank you for your service. Good morning, Vision, to you, Sarah W., grateful, recovered, compulsive reader. Um, in, in reading this, and it is really packed with a lot of information, um, when I came in in 95, I remember how I was very isolated and very mistrustful. And the thing that hit me, uh, well, first of all, I was brought in through a, through a um, psychiatrist that directed me to OA. And I w I'm very grateful to that woman that, that really helped me get into recovery because it changed my life forever. And um, But I remember hearing, welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, welcome home. And, um, you know, it is a progressive disease. Um, at one point in my recovery, I thought that I kind of had this thing and could do it by diet and and um, and on my own. And um, I, I I saw the results of what would happen when I walked away. So I hope I never get to that place again. But I think it's all about trust. You know, many of us don't have any trust. And I think um, every every person is a different individual. And we are all different individuals as people that have walked through the program. And some people take things in little bits, and some people can just move right through. And we really need to um, be aware of that. And I was thinking that my disease is all about uh, learning to delay gratification. Um, you know, more, more, more is never enough, enough, enough. So, you know, I think it's the same thing. Um, you know, I work in the public and I, I deal with people that are extremely overweight oftentimes. And I have tried to crusade. And the last thing
thing I will say that is really most important is that the most things I learn is by experience. And all those experiences, whether I make um, you know, the best choice I can in the moment, helps me learn how to do it a little better the next time. So nothing is for nothing. Everything is, has some meaning and some uh, way to help me become a better person in life, including when I make a mistake as far as how I go about. I had a gentleman that I take care of that I tried to kind of offer him some information and tell him how I've done it. And he's, he's extremely large, and, and him and his sister are both very large and, and uh, have thought about bariatrics, et cetera. And I have to be very cautious in how I go about um, uh, not coming off as I'm coming uh, from, from a hilltop that I look eye to eye with somebody, that I'm no better than. Because, you know, I know I've, I have felt that in the past, that people come to me where they sound like they're, you know, better than they have a, you know, they're, they're a know-it-all. And, you know, it just makes me, you know, run the other way. Uh, so when somebody comes to me, um, you know, eye to eye, I can really hear what they're saying. You know, I can hear your voice when you're saying it, at, at a at a calm in a calm way a lot more than when I, when I hear you loudly screaming it at me. So I think friendship and fellowship is extremely important. And no matter what I do, if somebody wants to get well, I'm not going to keep them from doing that. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Mary B, you're up. Good morning. Mary. This is Mary B. Uh, gratefully recovered in Central California. And thank you, Amy, for your service, and thanks to everyone who uh, has shared this morning. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about, um, you know, we're talking about desperation and, and uh, being among the dead and dying and bringing people into program mostly for the first time. And I, I look back over the last several years, and only once was I able to bring someone into program who was desperate and had never been exposed to a 12-step program before. But mostly, I work with people who uh, have either dropped out or are coming back from a relapse and um, trying to get going again. I think a lot of that is because I've been around for so many years. Um, last night, I had the opportunity to thank my sponsor, my Vision for You sponsor, for taking me on, even though I was not desperate. When I came to Vision for You last September, I was abstinent, about seven years, sponsored, sponsoring, working a program um, then below my goal weight, actually. But I heard something on this line that I hadn't heard in program. God, I don't even remember since when. And I wanted to deepen my program through a vision for you. And I've gone through, and I am now starting to guide um, another person through the big book, and it's wonderful starting over again with somebody else and giving it back. But I practice the principle that I've learned in the in program over the years, 
and that is to take the action and leave the results to God. And it's that simple. Thank you very much for allowing me to share. Thank you, Mary. Paula D., go ahead. And thank you, Amy, and good morning to you and all my friends here. Um, my name is Paula D., and I am a compulsive reader recovered by and with the grace of God. You know, I'm going to go on to this top line here, right on the top of the page. Unless your friend, well, look at that. Look at that. Their equal basis there. Wants to talk further about himself. Do not wear out your welcome. You know, sometimes you can actually visualize a door shutting and them going with their hands over their head. Oh, am I glad they're gone. Give them a chance. Give them a chance to think it over. But look at each line opens up another door or closes it. Pay close attention. If you do stay, let him steer the conversation. We read this before. I don't care if it's in a circle. Sometimes for the first time, they hear what they're saying. And you are just listening. Now I'm just going to scoot on down here. Never talk down to an alcoholic from any moral or spiritual hilltop. You have none. You have none. Be very clear on that. On who you are and who they are. There is no hilltop here. It is level ground. It is level ground. And look at what you do with this level ground. Lay out the kit of spiritual tools for his inspection. I'm going to give you something here. Take a look here. And then you show him how they work with you. That's all. Don't make it bigger. Don't make it smaller. Level ground. And this I love. This is what you offer him. Friendship and fellowship. Seems they both end with ship. Ship's a place to travel from one to another. Has experienced that gateway. Then you tell him if he wants to get well. He will do anything to help within your power. Knowing first and foremost, it is God's power that directs and guides. Thank you for allowing me to share. That I do pass. Thank you, Paula. And I'm going to jump in here real quick, too. My name is Amy. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Offer him friendship and fellowship. Tell him that if he wants to get well, you will do anything to help. I've heard in the rooms quite often I'm a bit of a slogan junkie, which is love you, hate the disease. And Paula's right. I can't speak from any hilltop whatsoever. I also was one of the walking dead. And if we review... On page 94, it's, it's really important that I remember when I'm speaking to someone, it's important for him to realize that your attempt to pass this on plays a vital role in your own recovery. Actually, he may be helping you more than you are helping him. This is why we carry the message. Yes, it's to carry the message to help, to help carry higher powers message that recovery is possible, but it's also to ensure immunity for myself as well, to continue to grow along spiritual lives, to maintain that spiritual condition that I need to stay recovered myself. I can't speak from a hilltop if I'm only one bite away, just like everybody else on this line, but for the grace of my higher power. I have to remember, and this whole idea about a crusade, I I can't be crusading. 
I have to speak. Again, if we refer back a couple paragraphs, if your talk has been sane, quiet, and full of human understanding, I must speak sanely, I must speak quietly. I lay out the spiritual kit of tools. How do I do that? By just telling my story of what it was like and what happened. And I speak sanely, I speak quietly, I speak with conviction because by the grace of God, I have been transformed through this program. I have been changed. The food no longer calls me. And that is an incredible miracle. I speak with passion because I am a miracle, but for, but for the grace of this program. But I speak sanely and quietly to them. And then I let them make their own decision. What is my purpose here in carrying the message is to give one of identification and hope. And the only way I can express that hope is by telling my story, story. not by crusading, not by telling them who I think they are, but remembering humbly where I have come from, but for the grace of this program, and then leaving it at that for them to make their own decisions. Love them, hate the disease, and with that I'll pass. Who else would like to share on this paragraph? We're going to wrap it up on this paragraph. Anyone like to share? Press star one, please. Leah. All right, we've got Leah. Anybody else? Mary and G. Mary and G. Could probably take about one more. Anybody else? My name is Teresa. Teresa? Yes, this is the first time. I'm, this is the first time I'm on this call. I, I All right, made Teresa. My first... Great, yeah. Teresa. Can I just get your last initial, and I'll tell you when you're up, okay? C. Okay, Teresa C. All right, we're going to go with Leah, Mary Ann, and then Teresa. Go ahead, Leah. Thanks so much, Aim. Hey, everybody. My name's Leah M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Never talk down to an alcoholic from any moral or spiritual hilltop. Simply lay out the kit of spiritual tools for his inspection. Show him how they worked with you. I mean, certainly we learned that from our history. That was a hard lesson learned from Bill's own early efforts at 12-step work where, you know, at the end of six months of teaching and preaching to scores of, of men, nobody had sobered up. Uh, you know, he was scaring off his prospects in, in the process of preaching about spiritual awakenings, and and it was Dr. Silkworth who reminded him, hey, you know, share about the seriousness of our twofold illness, share it from your own personal experience, and that's exactly, you know, what our text continues to reinforce, you know, uh, page 18 comes to mind, you know, the ex-problem drinkers found this solution properly armed with facts about himself can generally win the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours. Um, you know, that is our power, um, but we do it in a way that's very, uh, you know, <laughs> it's human to human, you know, one person to another person. Um, you know, I try not to overwhelm somebody at this stage in my conversation with them. You know, I don't want them, like, sipping from a fire hose where they're getting overwhelmed. Um, it's just you know, my analogy is fishing. You know, I'm throwing out the bait and I'm slowly reeling them in. But, of course, willingness is a one-person job. You know, my higher power, uh, who I call God, loves everybody. 
in my opinion, equally, and gives every one of us, in my opinion, the same amount of grace. You know, so if that's true, then why do some people recover and why do some not? You know, I think it's because some people act upon that grace and perhaps some want the grace to do it for them. Um, So, you know, all I can do is plant a seed, (laughs) you know, plant a seed. There are hundreds who listen to this line, hundreds who listen to the recording. Do they all recover? No. They're all listening to the same voices and the same words, but something has to hit an individual, uh, not just with the ears by the side of their head, but in of their ears of their soul. You know, so all I can do is share my experience. You know, I think sponsorship, when we first start sponsoring, you know, we we go from being a big shot when we first start to working our way up to servant. You know, humble servant. You know, this is who I used to be. This is what happened as a result of the program of recovery, and this is who I am today. And that statement in the AA 12 and 12 always comes to mind. True ambition is the deep desire to live usefully and walk humbly under the grace of God. So it is with humility that we carry this message. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much. Thank you, Leah. Mary Ann, G, go ahead, please. Mary Ann, press star one to unmute. I'll tell you what, let's go ahead to Teresa. This is, this is Mary Ann. This oh, is Mary Ann. All righty then. Go ahead, Mary Ann, please. Thank you, Amy. When I first read this paragraph, I thought, oh, I have this under my belt. I certainly know what it's like to feel pushed into something and to feel overwhelmed. And as a matter of fact, I initially when I first started the program, dropped a couple of sponsors because that's exactly how I felt. And then when I found myself guiding another, sharing my experience, I found that I had nothing under my belt, that I do this over and over and over again, and that I need to work on this this step, this process every single minute of my day. Sometimes a new person is anxious to proceed at once, and you may be tempted to let her do so. This is sometimes a mistake. If he has trouble later, he is likely to say you rushed him. Oh boy, do I know that for sure. So I value this paragraph and I pray every day to God to please keep me humble enough to stay focused on the person, the other person, not me. And I am so grateful for people who give me feedback and tell me that I have done exactly what I have been so turned off by. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Marianne. 
Uh, Teresa, unfortunately, we have run out of time. Our meeting ends at 7.55, but I really invite you, I know that you said you were new on the line, to please wait for the next hour where we're going to have a newcomer and welcome everyone, and you'll have an opportunity to share. So I would hope that you'd please hang on and share there, or please feel free to come back tomorrow. We do welcome you. We've just got to follow the uh, the time here. So I'd like to thank everyone who is shared. Um, especially all of our um, readers, uh, Chelsea H., Chrissy M., Rachel N.M., Ellen B., and Diane G., and everyone who has given so much of themselves today by sharing. Thank you to everyone on the line. And I'm going to ask now for Chrissy M. to read A Vision for You, which will be followed by the Serenity Prayer. Go ahead, Chrissy. Chrissy, are you there? Press star one. Where do you read uh where do you read that? Page one sixty four. Says our book is meant to be suggestive only. Chrissy, are you there? Or maybe we can get someone to sub in. Amy D, this is Melanie. I can do that for you. Oh Melanie, thank you so much. Please go ahead. You're very welcome. Very welcome. Hi everyone. My name is Melanie. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater calling in from Oregon. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still still sick. Excuse me. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the records of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.